The following is a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. Let's go, baby! Are you ready for a break? Yes. Are you ready for a break? Absolutely. Ready for a break? Yeah, and um, so much for that. It's time for The Break on DallasCowboys.com. We were on the break! With Nick Eatman, David Hellman, Ambar Garcia, and Derek Eagleton. It is Monday, August 20th, 2018, season 14, episode number 28. Welcome to another edition of The Break, live from the SWBC Mortgage Studios at the Star. We're back at the Star, away from Oxnard, California, and ready to talk some Cowboys football. How's everybody feeling this morning? I feel, I mean, really, I, Dave, just, I just like, yawn. I know that's bad timing because I, mean, I feel great. I'm good. I feel great. great. Yeah, I just, rested. It's really bad timing. Okay, good. Perfect. Amber, good? Oh, it's good to be home. Yes, it's yeah, very it's good to be pretty home. Pretty nice. Nick? Tired. I don't know why. The first two days I was just on normal time, but now I'm like back on West Coast time or something. Having to try to figure it all out. Huh? Yeah. Yeah. We're good, though. Let's get going here. Good. We got a lot to talk about today. Uh, we got the game. How are you doing, Derek? Thank you, Amber, for asking. No one ever asked me that, but thank you. I'm feeling great. Everything's great. Everything's great. All right, so we got a lot to talk about. Cowboys uh, lose, but do they really? It was a game where where you saw, again, just like the game uh, the first week of the preseason, you saw a lot to be very positive about when it comes to this team, specifically if you want to look at the first team. Uh, So let's start there. Just give me the kind of a quick... Your thought on the game overall this week for the Cowboys versus the uh, Bengals? Well, I mean, this these games are you win the first half. That's all you really want to do. You just want to win the first half and, and, and get out of the game uh, healthy. And they were able to do one out of two. Uh, we'll talk about injuries in a little bit. But, I mean, I, I think, you know, they were up 10 nothing at the half. They were up, I think, 14-7 uh last week i mean that that's what you want that's what you want out of these games are, are the starters better than your starters look so at that far, play right there they have been a lot of people won't be able to do that and they're showing dax touchdown to terrence williams on the tvs in here yeah. well, that, that's and that on means the break people are watching, right now. Yeah, people yeah, are watching yeah. it right now yeah so the point is i wanted to point out real quick it's like how people keep talking about dak prescott and he's an ability of maybe not being like the perfect quarterback or whatever throwing passes but that's again why you like this guy the that he's capable to make those moves and although he's not always perfect with the passes the fact that he can move around get out of the pocket and still have time to make a good throw there and connect with Terrence I mean you love you need a quarterback that can do that and you got Dak that does that let me be perfectly honest with you. I know you. I know how you prepare. So I'm not trying to cut your legs out from underneath you. But we like, got a lot of topics. So go for it. Go it's, for it. It's it's just a net win because we're not talking about replacing Zach Martin right now. Yep, that's uh, where we're going next. I don't care about anything else, honest. And I'll be completely honest with you. It's my job to cover this team. Um, I'm supposed to watch the game. As soon as he got hurt, I checked out down to about a 10 percent. Uh, attention span for most of the rest of the game because I was writing a story about the injury. I was scanning the sideline to see if he was coming back out. I was trying to listen to the radio broadcast to see if Christy Scales had an update. I was imagining the conference call on Sunday where Jason (laughs) Garrett calls in with the results of the MRI to tell us that Zach tore his ACL, Uh, you know, like what veterans are out there, all of that stuff that happened. And and we've done that before. Yeah. And that, that's not a fun cover. Man. No, no, it's not fun. No. And for us to be, you know, we're not leading off talking about that. I don't give a crap about anything else that happened in that game uh, because Zach Martin is either your best or one of your two or three best players on this team. And for about an hour and a half on Saturday night, I thought he was done for the year. So 
when that happened, I was doing sideline and it happened literally right in front of me. And when I saw him go down, I'm like, damn, Zach, he's a beast. That's why he's a beast. And then I'm like, oh, wait, crap. That actually, because <laughs> the hit was so hard that I'm thinking, you know, this beast guy that just can take anything. And then he's just laying on the ground like, oh, oh boy, this does not look good. It's very unusual for one of those guys to have a situation like that. Travis has never missed the snap. Zach has never missed a regular season snap. It took eight injuries for Tyron Smith to eventually have to bow out of games last year. Like it's unusual. So to see him have to not only leave the game, but go into that evaluation tent, uh, just did not seem good. It okay. Was... So let, let's go a little bit deeper into that. Talk to me about the status of, of Zach Martin at this point. We all know that. And I think everybody's heard at this point, it's not season ending, but tell us the status and, and how long he's expected to be out. An updated status from today is a little white sleeve on his knee. Um, able to um, get a chicken sandwich, I think, from the line or wherever I saw him eating. Did you touch it? No, I, di- I did. didn't. You I just didn't saw it. Okay. But walking around, there was two other guys not um, able to do that. They had some crutches. Uh, he's slight limp. And then I started doing math in my head, like, okay, 20th, 11 more days, plus nine is 20 days to go. He's fine. 20 days to you go. You think to- he's good for the first game? I do. I do think he's good for the first game. If I had to, I mean, that's the word coming out of the organization too, is that they're optimistic he'll be ready for week one. It's 20, no dress rehearsal for him. No, no. <laughs> it's twenty something days away. Uh, and he's a tough guy, I would imagine he'll be ready. Let's be honest here, based on a lot of different scenarios, and I'll just leave it at that. I, I don't think, I don't think your dress rehearsal is going to look the same as normal. Maybe not. I don't know if you play as many guys as you, as you have played in the past for this particular okay, game. Okay, so you back shouldn't. up before we get to that. I do want to talk though about what happened once he left the game. Who goes in in his place and how comfortable do you feel with that knowing that once you get into the season you may have a similar situation well, if he should go down. Remember that Travis Frederick was also out. Correct. Uh with a shoulder injury and I don't think they're too concerned about that. So because Joe Looney was playing center Kadeem Edwards came in. If this was a, just a regular season game that Frederick starts, I'm pretty sure it would have been Looney that that went in to guard. Right. So I, that's kind of where they stand. And we're all we're all talking. Okay, what happens if he's out for a long time? Do you move Lyell back to guard? Do you move Fleming to guard? Do you put Looney there? You know, a lot of different options, and they really don't have to to mess with that. I think for this game, I think you play Kadeem Edwards to see if he makes your your football team. I think right. he's right there on the edge yeah. of the eighth lineman. I think he's the eighth lineman right now on the team, but there's someone that's going to get cut going to be better than Kadeem Edwards. That's what it's going to come down to, to me. Absolutely. Yeah, I completely agree. I think that's one of the biggest things facing. Uh, one of the biggest unknowns is you know how you round out that O-line depth chart. I know, I mean, it looked pretty awful after the main guys got out the other night, which I feel like you know you look around on Twitter, it's like a lot of doom and gloom. Like that's just preseason football. That's there's not a lot of good offensive linemen in the NFL. And if you've got five or six that you feel good about, I thought Joe Looney played really well for a guy that had to come in and play a boatload more than he's probably used to because Travis Frederick didn't play. Um, now you know we know Zach and Travis are probably good for the season opener. You got seven guys that you feel pretty good about. I think Cam Fleming probably could have played better on Saturday, but I don't think he was terrible. I mean, I, I promise the Golden State Warriors are going to have a, a a bad bench because they've got 
the best right. players in the league, and that's what happens. What 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 veterans going to want to come to play the offensive line here? They're not drafting a whole lot of offensive linemen to be backups, and the ones they are just aren't very good. Which I am, you know, I can hear the people at home reminding us about the Chaz Green game. I do. I mean, Cam Fleming is a step up from that. Yeah, he's he had a good training camp. Like I said, he could have been better against the Bengals. I'm not sounding any alarms about it right now. Um, like I said, I, th- I think you've got seven that you feel pretty good about when you add in Fleming and, and Looney. And then whether it's Kadeem Edwards, I have a hard time believing it would be Chaz Green, but maybe it's possible. Mm-hmm. Or That would know, be interesting. It would be. Or you look, to the, you look to the waiver wire. I think you know that's a spot where I think they're going to be looking for a guy who can maybe be better than what they've got right if, now. If they keep Chaz Green, then they need to just give back all those T-shirts that say like – the 17 inch shirts of everybody's the same and all that stuff. We don't care where your draft status is because they obviously do. They obviously care about draft status. If they're going to keep Chaz green after three years, I understand Dalton Schultz is a tight end who really hasn't done anything and they want to keep him. I get that, but not, not for him, not for green who almost got your quarterback killed last year. I just don't see, he hasn't done anything to show that much improvement. You would just keep him just, because you draft him and you don't want to. I don't think they'll keep him. I don't either. I was. I was. I was really just trying to cover my bases. Like I. I don't think they'll keep him either. Yeah. I think he's had enough time. Kadeem, or uh, or a guy, a player to be named later. If I had gotcha. to guess. All right, let's move on. Um, and this one, Nick, I heard you say. I don't know if you were talking to me or I just overheard you telling someone else. But after the game, you said, you know, that's that was not the the biggest injury, not necessarily concern because it was a concern at first. But once you kind of figured out he was going to be okay, you were way more concerned about Xavier Woods. Let's talk about Xavier <laughs> Woods and his injury. He gets a hamstring injury and, uh, and has to leave the game. He gets a hamstring injury doing what we've been waiting for I a know. month for him to do. Too. And he did something similar in the San Francisco game as well. He's, I mean, we talk about Dak being a gamer. Xavier Woods appears to be a gamer. It was an awesome play. He did get trucked a little earlier in the game, but he's, you want your safety to be a little bit better tackle. He blasted someone, too, over the middle. Too bad it was Byron Jones. Not, <laughs> he did do that. I'm not trying to say he's Eric Berry. I'm just, he was making a good play. <laughs> yes. No, I'm with you. I'm and with it you. Got, it. And it got him hurt. He dropped yeah. the ball, though, too. God. But he was making a play. Can, I get can, you. Seriously. I, get you. I do give him that. Like, he came from a, he made a, a lot of ground to get a, there. A nice play. Made a, good, yeah. made a good play. Yeah, he did. He didn't, I mean, didn't make a but great that's, play. But that's one of the things we've talked about, or at least I have in the past, as when you speak about him, is him being or not being that kind of player. Like, for example, Jeff Heath, that just, it's aggressive and just comes out of nowhere and is not afraid to make a tackle. And, I mean, this time he took a chance and it just wasn't good. He showed the range <laughs> that you're looking for. Yes, exactly. And that's, that's good. And okay. the instincts. Well, it doesn't matter because okay. now he's yeah. done for he's the out. preseason probably. Yeah. So tell me what works. Two to four weeks, which means there's a good chance, I think, a sizable chance that he's not going to be there for week one. Now, Three weeks to the, if guys, to the opener. If you guys that are listening, remember last week we were going through the roster and trying to make it down to our 53. And one of the things we talked about was the lack of depth at the safety position. Now you're in a situation where you have to fill this, this spot at least probably for one week, if not longer. And, and you've got some more issues going on there as well because you've got – and I know this doesn't matter for week one, but it matters for right now is that your one of your backups, Jamil Showers, hurt his knee. He's on crutches right now. Did we hear exactly what he's got? Is it a torn ACL? I think it's an ACL. I mean, it doesn't look good at all. If yeah. you're on crutches, yeah. 
If you're on crutches, you're probably not playing this week or next. At the very, Mark, yeah, at yeah. the very least, you're probably not playing against the Cardinals. Mark, on the Panthers. Mark Weston Huff hasn't he's been hurt. That's growing injury hasn't for, done much. Forget yeah. forget the part where they might not have their starting free safety for week one. They don't have enough guys to get through this week. Although apparently they disagree because I you know I haven't heard anything about anybody coming in here. That is and just so Monday, but it will maybe by end of day got, today. They or... got practice in three hours. They do. Uh, they do. I mean, you you got you got Jeff Sorry. Heath, you got Kayvon Frazier, you got Tyree Robinson, and and Kayvon he, he's being a little banged up. Yeah, so is Heath. Too. Heath was playing with an ankle injury too. Tyree Robinson and Cam Kelly are about to get a hell of a look so. to, at trying to make some noise on this roster. So, <laughs> <laughs> so it leads. To- Listen, I think that I I'm a firm believer of the law of attraction and. Explain what, the law of what, attraction. The law of attraction, when you really believe something and when you stick your mind into it, you attract it. The world just works in your favor. You believe that? I truly believe that. 100%. I'm a walking testimony of that. Wow. Anyways. Right. Um, Beat that. <laughs> you want to keep arguing? I, I don't, I don't I believe think, in it, but I go ahead. I think that the, the world is conspiring to help someone in Seattle to get what he wants which is to be here and the world is it's yeah it's conspiring to his benefit i want to have like i just want to stop talking about the cowboys and have like a 45 minute philosophical <laughs> discussion about this let's do that after the we show. can't do that right now. Yeah. and the break is not gonna work it's only no, like yeah. two, we got minutes. two minutes we don't have enough time um i mean i what what, what else can what else can you what else can we say i mean We've, I mean, well, here's the question. This here's, side of the table has been concerned about safety since March. So what do you want me to say that I, I haven't already said? I think said? there are two things that can be discussed right now. One of them is a new development in the, the way of jo- George Aloka, who is the safety in Cincinnati. I hope I'm pronouncing that right. Um, he is was a safety in Cincinnati, was their starting safety since 2013. Uh, they just cut him for what they call salary cap reasons. But typically when you cut a guy, no matter what his salary is, yeah. for whatever reason, you're not happy with his play. Um, they, they selected by somebody in the second round. They're ready to make that guy their starter, I presume. And so he's on the street. Should the Cowboys go and look at a player like that, that's a veteran that may not cost a ton of money, uh, especially where he is right now being cut at this point to uh, to where you get yourself some relief and you get yourself an extra body. And when Xavier Wood comes back, he doesn't slow down the progress of an Xavier Woods, right? Is that the way to go? Or do you think that this changes anything about what we've been talking about for months, which is this whole thing kind of sitting out there in Seattle with Earl Thomas. I mean, you're you're the Earl guy. Go ahead. (laughs) Well, and I I wrote a a column after the game, and I said, you know what? Like, you have to get a guy that can play now because you didn't even know if you had one in Xavier Woods. We think that he's pretty good. He's he's a good young prospect, and, and he didn't make a ton of plays in training camp. But let's also remember this about training camp. This team doesn't really throw the ball down the field in practice. They don't really stretch the the, the field. They don't really hurt you and, and make you worried about the safeties. Don't really have to worry about the deep ball. So he's not going to get tested. He's also not going to make a lot of plays. So you can't really fault him a lot for that. But you still don't know exactly what you have. You need to get, get a guy that you do know what you have. And the thing about this situation is is that there's a player out there that is that you know is good there's a player out there that wants to be here he fits under the salary cap for this year and there now is a glaring need there's all of these reasons of why four yeses usually mean hell yeah 
And <laughs> never heard that before. <laughs> I just made it up. <laughs> so right. for, calculations. We're doing a lot of stuff today. This I'm not back to school. Yeah. There we go. I, and, and you know, and I, I, we heard Stephen Jones talk a little bit on a couple of occasions at training camp, and I think Stephen kind of goes back and forth with his in his mind. He's like, you know, we don't, you know, we don't really want to pay a 30 year old, but he's really good, you know. But you know, we don't really like to, it's like. Earl Thomas breaks the rules of what they typically don't want to do, which is pay these guys and give them a third contract. But when you're a six-time Pro Bowler and you're and you're in a position that this team really hasn't had a good player, you know, it it it, it kind of you can. There's exceptions to the rule. I think he's one of them. Uh, that all sounds really good, but I just keep going back to the. I hear what you're saying, but yeah, well, here's why. Sense. Here's why I think you're wrong. It, it goes back to leverage for me, which is the Cowboys now have none. Um, the whatever impetus there was for Seattle to lower their price is gone now, at least right. in their mind. And like, oh, now you want it? And oh, okay. Here's, here's the other thing. If I'm being brutally honest, these guys like to think, or sometimes maybe they actually are, but they like to think that they're the smartest people in the room. And they're not going to like come to Seattle with their hat in their hand, like we're sorry, we'll pay whatever. Like they're, they're not, negotiators, yeah, and they know how to negotiate. They're not yeah. going to do that. They're not just going to be like you were right, we were wrong, we'll pay you. Like that's, I don't believe that's going to happen. Right. Uh, so I don't think this changes much of anything, except that they're like, crap, we gotta, we gotta get somebody, but probably not that. Um, yeah. And that's why I mean, Georgia Loca is like a is like manna from the heavens because right. it's like this this isn't going to ruin our cap. He's you know it's not going to slow down Xavier Woods like you're saying. He's not a progress stopper. It reminds me a lot of uh, Will Allen, mm. who 2013 they said he didn't even he didn't even last long here. But that was because they had a guy they felt good about in JJ Wilcox, which. I know J.J. Wilcox never lit the world on fire, but he was better than anything that's here right now other than Heath. Uh, so that's what I'm thinking is try to get him or or somebody like him if there's anybody left on the market. But I don't think it changes a whole lot in terms of yeah. Earl Thomas. And, I kind of agree with and that. And I also think you can sign him and – you know, it basically shows Seattle kind of what you're talking. You know, we're we're still we're still where we are. Like if if you sign Georgia Loca and Earl Thomas situation still fell in your lap for what they want, I, you still do it. I mean, if, oh, a hundred percent. And that, that's like the other sense. thing. Right. I don't know exactly what he would. He's going to command when it's all said and done. I know the Raiders are interested in him too. I feel like the Raiders have been interested in every free agent the Cowboys have been interested right. in. But. Uh, I don't know what salary he's going to command, but it won't be enough to stop you if, if you can if get a one-year thing deal, materializes. Right? Yeah, one. and to be honest with you, I think a one-year deal makes a ton of sense from the standpoint. If you can get Georgia Loco to sign here for a one-year deal, the beautiful part about that is Earl Thomas is a free agent after this year. So then, what you tell Seattle is, we've already figured ours out for this year. We don't need your guy, and now you take back what Dave was talking about. You take back that that leverage. So now you don't have to do a deal with Seattle, and Seattle knows you don't have to do a deal yeah, with them. And, and you can wait till he becomes a free agent. When he becomes a free agent, if you want him, go get him. I think there's a perception that that Seattle, and maybe these people have watched the movie Draft Day, but I think there's a perception <laughs> that Seattle is sitting at a two, and the Cowboys don't want to pay a two, and now they, this guy got hurt, and now they've gone to a one. I don't think that I don't think that's the case. I think that they're still probably where they are. The Cowboys have to just come up to that. Maybe, but I don't. I don't know that this again. I don't know that the Cowboys feel like again, if, especially if they can find a safety uh, that they can get uh, a veteran safety that they think they can bring in to add a body to give them protection until Xavier Woods is healthy again. Like Dave said earlier, 
that play he made, and he did a similar thing against Seattle, those are things that are making the Cowboys, I'm sure, think, right. maybe we got something in this young guy, and we, this is what why we drafted him is because we thought he had this playmaking ability. Maybe we, we should be going this year with him. So I just think all things being considered, I think this doesn't change anything from the Cowboys' I mean, perspective George, as far as that's uh, concerned. Georgia Loga hasn't missed a start since 2013. He's got nine career picks and 350 career tackles. That's better and than anything you got he, on the team. For all I know, his play has probably dipped. Again, for, I know they say it's financial. You don't get cut if you're playing at the top of your game. Now, they but, do say $5.6 million against the cap this year. So if they've got but, another option that's, but that's less than a million. But if he's playing like Earl Thomas, right. you happily eat that money because exactly. you have a great safety. So he's probably dipped. He's still better than a couple of undrafted free agent rookies. Now, here's the other thing y'all didn't consider. He's a Boise State guy. I was about to say. just going to say. I was about to say that, actually. Bring it on. You were about to say that? Well, I was about to say, I I remember being at the Senior Bowl when he was there. And I remember he was another one of the Boise State guys. And I remember the Cowboys talking to him a lot. And so and, and made me think that, well, I'm sure they went to his pro day because, I mean, they, they just probably live there. They have a Boise scout. I want y'all to pay me to go to Boise. We're going to Boise. Spring, so, well, we. bring him we on. We need to figure out what's going on down at Boise. I, the Cowboys Idaho so Triangle. Bring, like, we did the Texas Triangle. We'll just yeah. go up there. <laughs> just spend a week you ever in, been to in that Idaho. State? I haven't. I, Boise is beautiful. I You've been there? No, but I know. Oh, okay. I just know it is. Okay. So, Let's go to the Blue Field. I would love year. to go to Idaho. We're going. We're going to see yeah, what's going on. Just to see what's happening in Idaho. Um, And there's no way of knowing how that's going to play. I haven't heard anything. I don't, you know, I made a joke on Twitter yesterday. It's like, get on on the phone. He's probably still in Dallas. Like, he hasn't even left town. But I don't, I mean, that would be cool if they were to say, you know what, you don't even get to come back. It would be here. It would be like that. It would just be too perfect. Like, he's not going to significantly alter anything that you need to do for your future, but he could start right now. Yeah. I agree. All right, let's take our first break. When we come back, uh, I do want to talk a little bit more about this game. Let's get into Dak Prescott and how he performed and really what that means for this season, if it means anything. We'll do that when we come right back. This is DallasCowboys.com radio. It can be hard to find the right resource for learning about important financial matters. You search how to build savings, you end up reading about the one weird ingredient from supermarkets that can make you taller. That's why Bank of America built BetterMoneyHabits.com, a safe little corner of the internet for answering your financial questions. Full of simple videos and tips, Better Money Habits can show you how to make the most of your money without resorting to random searches that always seem to lead to unbelievable photos of childhood stars grown up. To learn more, visit BetterMoneyHabits.com. I definitely have an Instagram foodie thing, but the low-light camera on my new Samsung Galaxy S9 from AT&T is getting me a whole new world of likes and shares. Baskets of bread by candlelight, colorful fruit plates in full sun, even a dimly lit Cobb salad was recently hailed as a masterpiece. Come in now and ask how to get half off the new Samsung Galaxy S9 from AT&T. AT&T, more for your thing. That's our thing. Limited time only. See store for details or att.com slash Samsung 50. Dual aperture supports F1.5 mode and F2.4 mode. Dual aperture is installed on the rear camera. Oh, I am craving a Dr. Pepper. I got some soda. I asked not for soda. I asked for ice cold, craveable Dr. Pepper. Its flavor is more one-of-a-kind than a foretold sloth with a thirst for speed. So stop settling for soda and start demanding Dr. Pepper. I love sloths. When you crave a Dr. Pepper, nothing else will do. Grab an ice-cold 20-ounce Dr. Pepper today. Dr. Pepper, the one you crave. To work this big land, you need equipment with values rooted as deep in Texas soil as you are. 
like John Deere compact tractors with a six-year powertrain warranty and big features that help you work less so you have more time to do what you love. John Deere was first in the Texas fields and we're proud to be on the field as the official ag and turf equipment of the Dallas Cowboys. Find Texas size deals at myjohndeeredealer.com slash football. Terms, conditions, exclusions, and warranty limitations apply. See below for details. Back to the break. Back. Nick. Did you know the Dallas Cowboys training camp presented by American Airlines is coming back to Texas like in a few hours. Check out the excitement for free. Fans can enjoy daily back to football events and watch five practices at the Star in Frisco this week and next. Enjoy live music, family friendly activities, special offers and more. For more information on back to football and 2018 training camp presented by American Airlines, visit the Star in Frisco.com. We are back at the SWBC Mortgage Studios. And as Nick said, there will be a practice this afternoon here at the Star for those of you in the Dallas area. If you want a chance to be able to come out and check out the Cowboys in practice, this is your opportunity. They'll be out practicing today, tomorrow, uh, Thursday, and Friday. There are afternoon practices today and tomorrow. No practice on Wednesday. It's a player's day off. Thursday and Friday, they'll be in the morning. Check the website for more information about what times and what days. Uh, but if you get a chance, come check it out. It's good stuff. If you haven't been out to the Star, it's worth a trip just to get out here and see everything. I think there's some really cool stuff. People I've talked to, sometimes we're too close to it, but the people I've talked to who've come out here uh, just to hang out say Not that it's a good experience. Watch practice in the AC. Go get some Raisin Canes or some pizza before or after. Yep. You might run into Derek sushi. Eagleton, get an autograph from Derek. I have done that pictures. before, and I love to do that because I love Makes the people. Makes you feel important. Yeah. I love the people. <laughs> I do. I love the people. All right, let's get back into it. Let's talk some about this game. Uh, let's talk about Dak Prescott. This week, he was 10 of 15, 86 yards, uh, one touchdown. Combine that with last week, his 3 of 3 for 39 yards and a touchdown. He is 13 of 18, 72% completion rate, 125 yards, two touchdowns, no interceptions. And in four possessions, as Dave so aptly pointed out on uh, Twitter, he's had four possessions in these two preseason games, two touchdowns, one field goal, one punt. And he's done that without Zeke, without Cole Beasley, without Tavon Austin for this last game. What do you think right now of Zach, of Dak Prescott and how he's performing in these games? I think you, it's very important that you just mentioned without Ezekiel Elliott. I think that that's huge. Play actions aren't the same when you're trying to fake it to Rod Smith up the middle and fake it to, to Zeke. I think that, you know, that, um, and you also know another thing that I don't think Dak's going to run as much as, as he would in the regular season. He did in the first game. There was a chance in the second game. I don't believe, I believe he would have run in, in a regular game. Because it ended it. up being an inter, I mean, not an, a, uh, an incompletion. Yeah, he right? forced it to Blake Jarwin yeah. to go up and make a play. I mean, only one tight end is going to do that. So I, I don't <laughs> think it would be him. Uh, so we'll th- get to that. They're not playing the same type of game. And, and they're still being effective. I think I think it's it's a good sign. I think he looks great. Yeah. Um, and yeah, it hasn't been perfect. I wrote in my story on Saturday night. He missed Jarwin. Um, he, I think it was Jar- he loves Blake Jarwin. By the way, he's th- I think he's targeted him thirty percent of the snaps that he's been on. You know that he's thrown the ball. Yeah. Um, he missed him wide again. He made a really questionable throw on a comeback route where the receiver, I mean the DB, had good positioning on it, and it could have been a pick. Like and he's not perfect by any stretch, but I think he's been good. He's led the offense. Uh, you know, Brian Broadus always gives him so much credit for his sleight of hand and his play fakes. I thought uh, the work he did on the screen to Rod Smith was incredible. Like he basically gave himself up to make that play successful by holding on to the ball long enough to get Rod open. Um, 
He's been moving the offense. They're averaging 10 plays per possession when he's in there. And that's, you know, I know uh, you wonder about explosiveness. I think they averaged 5.7 yards per completion in this game, and it's like 6.8 over the two games, which isn't amazing. But that's not this offense. It's just not. Even in 2016, Dak threw it long to Dez a few times, but that's not what this offense is predicated on. And when you mix it with the fact that Zeke hasn't been in there, I think it's looked really good overall. That's one of the things I was going to mention, the fact that you're able to move this offense without relying on Zeke. And again, Rod Smith, he does a great job, and he's been doing great. But when you're not running the ball, he's still Dak is still able to move down the ball. And is it flashy? No. But the point is, just yeah. get to the end I think zone. It, it, it's flashy in its efficiency, though. Like, it's again, this, yeah, isn't, yeah. this isn't like this big play, quick strike offense. And that's... You can come at me and say, well, that's why they sucked last year. Like, that was this offense in 16, too. That's what they do. Mm-hmm. That's what they've done. And it works. It especially works when Zeke's out there doing his thing, yep. which is why I was so uh, preoccupied when I thought Zach Martin was done for the year because that's going to hurt your ability to do that. Mm-hmm. You're going to be successful playing this way. You need that line. Um, but, I mean, would people magically feel better if he had hit Blake Jarwin on that one play? You know, like if if that one throw magically makes you feel that much better, then I think that's flawed thinking. Yeah, I, I think – go ahead. I, I do think that at some point they're going to need to show some some speed down the field, and, and that will happen. I mean, these guys can get down the field, but for the majority, uh, you're going to see these curls where – Hearns is just sitting there and in, in available, and, and Terrence Williams the same way. And very, very little Tavon Austin so far in this right. preseason, too. Now he's going to be moving around and, and avoiding plays, and then there's the tight end or one of these receivers just sitting there, and it's going to be nine yards, turn up the field, get two more yards, and you're moving the chains, and it's yeah. it's, not, it's yeah. not flashy. You know what I really like about Dak, too, is the the fact that he's able to think. He... he I mean, yes, he might not be as precise with his passes as, you, as you'd like him to be, but he thinks. He just doesn't get rid of the ball. And I know you want to get rid of the ball quickly, but he does it in a smart way. And, and the fact that he's able to run and throw the ball at the same time, as well as thinking and trying to figure out who his target is going to be, I love that about him. And yes, he, he's not a 100% perfect but those are the qualities that is still going to get you the, somewhere. The, the biggest way, the biggest person that's going to help him b- become Dak friendly is Dak. I mean, he knowing the offense and knowing exactly where that guy's going to be. And let's not put this all on Dez, on Dez's routes and stuff like that. I mean, but it, it, I do think that there are some, not just the other players, but Dak knowing this guy's going to be sitting right here. So when I can get this big lineman out of my face and get over here and open up this window there Alan Hearns will be. You think about this in terms of explosive and chunk plays too. I mean, like, you know, touchdowns from 20 or more yards away. Like that's a rare thing in the NFL. You can probably count on Zeke for four to six of those per year based on his track record, whether that's screen passes or long runs. Uh, and then the rest of it is going to be methodical. And if, if Tavon Austin, Michael Gallup, and whoever, if the receivers can combine for another five that's all i'm looking for and then the rest of it is going to be this methodical style of offense so i'm happy to see that the bread and butter looks like it's working and then you need to see that explosive element but adding in other starters and i i think that'll come together as you go especially a little jam yeah i mean mean, like i'm saying what in you probably score from more than 20 yards out eight to ten times per season maybe uh and i think they can make up for that difference by adding zeke and 
And when you look at two, along. when you look at 2016, that was exactly what they were doing. That drive uh, that they ended up having that was 16 plays and I think 82 yards and like eight plus minutes. That's how they made their living in 2016, and I think that's what they're looking to do. That's the 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 beauty of this offense is when you have that dominant an offensive line, that dominant a runner, then you want to have those long drives. It makes your defense better it, on top. You of did it. you did? I mean, Des Des probably scored three or four touchdowns of 25 or more yards that season, and they need a guy that can do that. But between Tavon. Gallup, Hearns, maybe Deontay Thompson, whatever. You'll get a few. Somebody can make up for that. Somebody yeah. can. It almost, and I said this on Twitter, it almost became the worst 16-play drive ever. Because <laughs> yeah. uh, if it would have been 11 plays or 12 plays and you get a field goal and not lose your starting guard. Right. I mean, that's why I said, like, this is a great drive right now. If if, if he if there's bad news coming out of that medical tent, then this was a really horrible yeah. drive. That yep. was my tweet. It was about as perfect as it can get, except for the fact that you so, lost your I just, They when, should be good there. If, if preseason is for shaking off the rust, I love that this offense can average 10, yard, 10 plays every time they go out there. Like, yep. we, haven't seen, we haven't seen a three and out from the starters yet. That's great, in my opinion, yep. without right. Zeke. So. Let's flip to, the, uh, to a little later in the game. Cooper Rush comes in. And uh, he goes six of nine for thirty-seven yards, not a touchdown. Um, are you at all? Are, are you, well, I shouldn't even say concerned because I don't think concerns the right word at this point. But it seemed to me, it seemed to me that the offense wasn't as efficient when Cooper was out there this last game. I think he played really well against San Francisco, though. So again, with having that l- relatively small amount of experience, are you more or less about the same concern with him being your backup and being the next guy in the event that your starter goes down? This line, this backup line just sucks. I mean, they, they're just not any good. And and I don't know how you can really evaluate hardly anyone. I know that he did some decent things last year. Um, but I, I just, I don't know. I, I'd like to see, I'd like to see Dak play behind this line. Well, not really. I don't no. I'm just, <laughs> why? How about Cooper no, Rush Cooper play Rush behind the, the first wow. offense? I don't want to, I, I mean, I don't think they can block. Uh, very long. I yeah. just don't think this is a really good setup. I don't. I don't think these guys are really going to be in the NFL uh, on other teams. Uh, maybe on, you know, I mean, just don't see it. I just don't see these guys really helping. So uh, it's hard to evaluate what Cooper Rush is trying to do. Yeah, I I agree with that. And that's you know we talked about it following the 49ers game. I'm not trying to take anything away from Cooper, but he got better as the game went on. And I think you could argue lesser players started subbing in. These guys just looked overmatched in in that second half. Let's also not forget, too, and now Looney was an exception. But, you know, when you don't have your star running back and you don't have your starting center and you don't have a guard for most of the time and and a couple of your wide receivers are out in Austin and Beasley – so then the Dak is playing with some backups. And then when it gets the time for Cooper Rush, he's playing with the third running back. He's playing with, in some cases, your third center and your third receiver. So it's it's not even a true backups because your starters were out and they all had to move up. Right. The, f- the funny thing for me is I was going to say, let's throw Cooper out there with the starters on, against Arizona, but I don't want to play any starters. So it'll probably look the same just yeah. earlier in the game. Well, and even when we saw him in San Francisco, I mean, he was better in that game than this past game. Definitely. And again, you look and it goes back to the guys Mm -hmm. that we're talking about being in and subbing for him. I think that Cooper, if you were to put him behind the same O-line, the first team O-line, he would be just what you need in a backup. I think so. 
All right, let's go ahead and take our final break. When we come back, I want to talk about Rico Gathers. I think that Ugh. this conversation is one that we've talked about before, but For it continues it continues to be a topic of conversation because he continues to make these little plays every once in a while <laughs> that keep you interested. We're going to talk about that when we come right back. This is DallasCowboys.com radio. Cowboys fans know that the second best of anything simply won't cut it, and your skincare should be no different. A longtime locker room favorite of the players and the official men's skincare brand of the Dallas Cowboys, Dallas-based Jack Black is the number one best-selling men's skincare brand in the country because we make products that help guys look, smell, and feel better. Visit getjackblack.com slash cowboys to get $10 off your first order of $50 or more. Jack Black, look good, smell good, feel good. Official men's skincare brand of the Dallas Cowboys. Star Sports Tours is the only official fan travel partner of the Dallas Cowboys, offering exclusive game weekend travel packages with sideline access and photo ops with current players, alumni, and cheerleaders. That's not all, though. You'll get to talk X's and O's with Senior Director of Player Personnel Will McClay and, of course, with yours truly, me, Brian Broaddus. You can trust the official fan travel partner of the Dallas Cowboys, and with us, you'll travel like a pro. Visit CowboysTravel.com to book your travel package today. Before there was a draft, you could size up a cowboy by three simple factors. The crease in his hat, the bend of his brim, and his unbending attitude. A man Stetson didn't just protect him from what life threw at him. It projected a rugged, unstoppable spirit. Stetson hats are still American-made with pride right here in Texas. They're still the unofficial crown of all self-respecting cowboys. And Stetson is proud to be on the field with America's team. Find a retailer nearest you at Stetson.com cowboys. What does it mean to be a Dallas Cowboys fan? It means you've got the passion and the heart to do your part supporting the boys no matter what. That's why when the game's on the line, you're on your feet, whether you're at home or in the stands. Actually, you're more than a fan. You are a member of Cowboys Nation, and so is AT&T, doing their part to keep you connected to America's team all season long. AT&T is a proud member of Cowboys Nation. Back to the break. Oh, yeah. Do you guys know what crunch time is when it happens? <laughs> I know when you're going to tell me. When you've got to stay cool. And nobody's better at keeping you cool under pressure than Tommy John. Tommy John underwear has moisture, wicking antimicrobial, something about fabrics. It just keeps germs and perspiration. Pers- perspiration we are stumbling at bay. right now. <laughs> they, they come up with some hard words here. This is very complicated. Basically, if you want to stay cool in your bottom area down there private area get some tommy john especially in this heat it will keep you without germs and fresh and cool and comfortable and no adjustment needed so tommyjohn.com forward slash cowboys for 20 percent of your first order not trying to dig out a wedgie during a game winning drive i can tell you that no you're not so you don't have to if you wear tommy john there you go and sweat is not good down there so anyway (laughs) I'm just uh, telling you, Tommy John keeps it cool. Okay. All right. All right. That's and you're right. That's it's not good. Welcome back with the SWBC Mortgage <laughs> Studios at the Star. Appreciate you guys joining us. All right. So we've got uh, we've got one big topic that I didn't get a chance to hit yet. So I want to spend a little time on this. Rico oh. gathers. Um, I think the the way I want to set this up. First of all, he he continues to make these plays, and we talked about this last week when we were talking about whether he makes the 53 or not. There continue to be these moments, and they're very isolated moments. Like you'll get one a practice, or you'll get one every three practices, or you'll get one in a preseason game. But there are plays that are so remarkable that they're worth talking about, and and in my opinion, plays that are so remarkable 
that it makes you wonder, is this enough for the Cowboys to say, we got to keep him around just to see how much more he can develop. Um, but I wanted to start with a quote that, that Jerry gave last week uh, about Rico Gathers, and I want to get your thoughts on it. He said, um, at a point, and I'm not sh- so sure that we're at that point, if he can be consistent on a personal basis, then I'll give him the time he needs to make those kinds of plays. We talk about red zone plays and being a weapon in the red zone. He's certainly that. He's making those highlight catches because of his obvious talent and physical advantage, size, leaping ability, strength, hands, all that. He blocks well when he's blocking the right man. He's got enough there, but the angst comes when you're sitting there looking at the guy that's not on the roster because you kept him on the roster. A lot to unpack there. Um, The first part I'd go to is when he mentions uh, if he can be consistent on a personal basis. You know, I, I... The first time you read you read that, it made me think that this is like he's talking about like a Randy Gregory or somebody off the field. I don't think this is an off the field thing. I think this is just it's his personality. Just, there, yeah. I don't even know if it's that. I just think it's if him doing the right thing, like block, blocking the right guy and and the assignments and that kind of stuff um, that goes along with not being you know like football player for a long time. I I, I don't. I, I hear that last thing that he said, and I, I'll just flip it. I mean. Who is the player that you cut for him? And there's not, never really, I mean, maybe one guy. Is there going to be one guy that he is cut? Like, we, we're cutting him and we're keeping him. I bet you you won't feel as sick as you would if you kept this guy and Rico goes and, and be, catches 45 passes for somebody else for the for the Bucks. I just, I don't think you, I think you'd be sick to your stomach. Knowing that tight end is a position you're trying to rebuild. Right? Especially, you know. So well, not you, only that, but he's given you so many glimpses of that ability. Unless the guy you cut was Tapper. Another guy that's a fourth round pick, and 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 you know maybe you know you've kind of waited on him as well. That that would be one if it comes down to that situation. But I I wouldn't feel I mean I wouldn't feel bad about just cutting another guy. I, I think he makes the team. Honestly, I think he, he I think you have to keep him on the team. I promise I'm not taking this where it sounds like I'm going to take it. So just bear with me. All right. But this situation reminds me a lot of our current political climate in this country, which is there's two sides. They're pretty dug in and firmly believe what they believe. And it, I just don't think there's middle ground here. The, peop- like the people who want to move on from Rico are not going to be swayed that he, he's a guy worth keeping around. And the people who think Rico is the next Antonio Gates are not going to be swayed because he keeps doing stuff like that, where he takes the ball off the top of a cornerback's head. And then for every time he takes the ball off a cornerback's head, he's supposed to run a mesh play and runs in the wrong direction and messes up his pick and messes the whole play up. And everybody sees that and says, see, this guy doesn't know what he's doing. Not trustworthy. Who cares if he can take the ball off the cornerback's head if you don't have any faith that he knows what he's doing when he lines up? And so there's no... There's no middle ground here, and the people like nobody's coming across the aisle on this. And honestly, we're gonna play this thing out for two more weeks, and the Cowboys are gonna make a decision. Honestly, at this point, I don't know what it is, but they're gonna make it, and and it'll be over. I maybe I don't know, but there has to be a firm decision on September second, one way or the other. Yeah, that's kind of the tough part here is that <clears throat> when you hear Jerry say that about you know the personal basis, and then when he comes back later and says, you know, he he blocks well when he's blocking the right man it gives us an and it kind of illuminates for us that the problem here is that it doesn't seem that he always knows what his assignment is and to me knowing your assignment 
is as simple as studying. That is not like not being able to carry out your assignment. If you miss a block, if you, you know, you can't get open, like those are things that that's just a matter of your talent. Do you have the talent to do it? But everybody should be able to know their assignment if they get into it and they work hard enough to understand what their assignment is. Right. And that to me is where I start wondering if, if you've had him around here for over a year now and he's still not being able to get that part of it, is this a situation where he doesn't work hard enough at really understanding his assignments so that he at least gets that part down? And if he doesn't do it right, he doesn't do it right, but at least be able to know what you're supposed to do, right? Yeah, and I think, I mean, what it's upsetting to me is you talk about studying and all that. He was out a whole year with a concussion and not playing or that that was your perfect time of really diving in and studying the game and studying everything that you need to learn to be able to come back now and that whatever it is that you're doing it's not about knowledge anymore it's about you putting it into practice I mean he should have the knowledge right now and that catch that he made in the game yes fantastic but it goes back to the size that he has he he's an athlete he's a monster and we all know that but what help does it give you when he's only making one play at a time let's say per game I mean yeah it could be a touchdown that could change the game but at the same time can you rely on someone that is as inconsistent as he is he's a goal line player right now and 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 it's not about making the 53 because they can figure out a way to get him on the 53. But if you're not going to figure out a way to get him on the 46, then it, it, what's the point? Because he's got he's to do those things in the game. Well, isn't the point, though, that you keep him for more time to see if he does develop? Again, we are working against, and I know Amber has a big problem with this. You explained all that last week about the whole idea of keep waiting for that potential to show up. But I think you cannot, you you can't overemphasize, in my opinion, opinion, that this is a guy that didn't play college football, and I think that matters. And and so, yeah. if you keep him on the fifty three and you can't find a way to get him to the forty six, you still do keep his rights and you give him a little bit more time you know, to see if true, you can get him to true, the point where he develops. Again, and I keep going to this example. It's like when you see all the freaking tight ends running and turning right, catching the ball, and then he's last, he runs and turns left, catching the ball. I mean. It, it, I mean, are you paying attention? Hold are on. you watching what they're doing? And I know just paying attention, you would know. Your point is, if you just watch the other guys, you would and, know. What and you're I don't know, to do. but I'm just saying, if I'm really learning and I'm watching you guys do this drill, and I'm doing it after you guys, I'm freaking in. I'm I'm gonna pay attention and know where I'm gonna go. And I'm just, I know about instincts and all that, and you just gain instincts through playing. But at the same time, when it's something as basic as turning right or left, I mean. I feel like you kind of contradicted your points, though, because you said last week, and you're saying it now, that that you know he at, the, at this point he should he should learn it, he should know it. But he also missed the whole season last year. This is really only his second year because he didn't practice all of last year, which is which that are I, you that, sitting on a couch the whole time? Can you not move around? I don't know and what he was doing. I, I don't honestly, know. I really I don't. don't. I don't know saying, if he was in a dark tent the whole time. Just, I don't know. I'm just saying to Derek's point, when it comes to knowledge, yes, certain things you learn on the field by actually doing, but as far as knowing where to go, I mean, those are that's information that he is able to get from the staff here and be able to study on his own. 
I really I don't feel comfortable questioning or criticizing people's work ethic because personally, I mean, you know, people a lot of times view me as a slacker and I I work really hard. Even whatever <laughs> image I might project, I'm I'm being serious. Right. No, no, yeah, it's yeah, true. It's whatever true. image I might project, it's not the whole truth, and it, that's insulting to me when people think that just because I act that way doesn't mean I don't bust my butt. So I'm not trying to criticize Rico Gather's work ethic, but this is his third year and his third training camp with the same offensive coordinator and the same schemes. And for whatever reason, he does not have a great grasp of the offense to the point where they trust him in every situation. And that's, you know, I know there's people out there that think it's like a conspiracy theory. You can go watch the games and, you know, Hey, shameless plug, go buy NFL game pass. You can see the real view of these things and see that to be true. He doesn't always handle his assignments the right way. Uh, so I think there's some validity to that. And I think, again, you always have to look at this in the context of the coaching staff because we know their patterns. We know what they want. That is something that they value a lot. Me personally, I don't think it's that crazy to think that you find a way to utilize him on special teams. And if he's a goal line and red zone player only, certainly there has to be a way to make that work. Like, I'm going to pick on Noah Brown just because it comes to my head. But, like, is Noah Brown that – he's just so vital as a blocking receiver that that he has to be active and Rico can't be active and you take away that mismatch opportunity in the red zone? I don't necessarily believe that. I think, uh, I think it's stubbornness on the coaching staff's part that they insist that he has to be completely trustworthy to have a role on this team. Having said that, they make the decisions at the end of the day. And if that's how they feel, that's what they're going to do. That's, that was kind of my point at the beginning is it's all just so much sound and fury signifying nothing. First day of school. How about that? It's like we, we can argue about this till we're blue in the face. And people who are pro-Rico and people who are anti-Rico both have a point. Yeah, but, but they're, I, like, they're just going to make their decision. I don't know. But I don't that, know all being said, that all being said, the fact that Jerry was so explicit in what he said about him and, and very spe- I think very specific – I personally believe that this was Jerry uh, shooting across the bow to let him know, we really want you to make this team, but you right now, you're giving us too much reason not to put you on this team, and you better step it up. And you say you can't criticize his work ethic, but you can criticize the results. And what we know about it right now is the results are that he is extremely, from what we can tell, very, very inconsistent in just the assignment. And that's the part I think that could that could platoon him at this point. I, I think he. Uh, we've already said that we don't think this is going to be a true dress rehearsal. I think this game he needs to play. I, I would say the whole game from start to finish. I mean, because you think they'd give him that opportunity when they need to get these young, inexperienced tight ends reps as well. That's I, that's. I mean, not, I don't know though. Are they gonna they're gonna get the reps with the with the start first team offense yeah. with Dak? I don't even know if that if Dak doesn't play the game. Even if they don't, but you still want them out there getting the reps of. Here's my assignment. Let me do my assignment. Right? That's they're inexperienced. That's the hard part with all of this. If you still had Jason, well, that's going to be a little bit of a weird analogy because if you still had Jason, then Jason's going to come off the field after the first, you know, first right. bit and whatever. But I guess the point is, you got young guys that you're trying to develop in addition to Rico Gathers. So you can't even say just give him a lot of reps because then you're taking reps from other guys that need to develop that you actually think which are going to be playing more okay, this season. For then you. I don't play Swain. And play Jarwin and and Schultz, and then he'll still get in the mix with yep. just doing that right there. You don't have to play Swain. That is, I mean, and that's that's the crux of this sh- issue. It really is. Is I'm sure, like privately away from microphones, Jason Garrett would probably say these three guys 
Like these are the like you're gonna have to pull on the goal line and get to your block so Zeke can score a touchdown when we're down by four in the fourth quarter. You need practice doing that. And uh, and again, off the record, you'd probably say we know Rico's not picking that up between now and September 9th. He w- it would have happened by now. He's not magically just gonna become this reliable guy doing the dirty work between now and then. And so some I mean the guys that are gonna be doing that need the reps at the same time. He's an awfully intriguing talent that you would love to know what you have in him. He's I, an amazing athlete. I mean, he, it's, I don't, I his really, body for a tight end. I really don't think there's a completely right answer to it. That's why I'm just kind of resigned. Like I can come up with a really good case for why it makes for sense either to cut one. him. Yeah. Make a really good case for why it's intriguing to keep him on the roster. I, I just know that people in San Diego will tell you Antonio Gates didn't block anyone for years. I mean, Witten has, has said it before. Now, Different type of player, but not only a different type of player, but a, a different type of offense. Like if yeah. this team had Philip Rivers, we would be writing Rico's name on paper in Sharpie. Right. But you, that's the, again going back to ten play drives, sus, you know, short passes, sustaining possession, running the ball. Any mistake by a guy blocking that now gives you negative yardage kills that that's momentum. Not kills the that drive. type yeah. of player that fits this scheme, yeah. and maybe in a red zone or goal line role, sure, but. As the every down tight end, it doesn't make a ton of sense for what you're trying to do with the rest of your offense. They had a star wide receiver on this team that still was trying to learn the offense after eight years. Great point. They can figure out. But he was way as good as as much of an athlete as we think Rico is. He was ten times the athlete that Rico is, in my opinion. Yeah, he was. He was at his prime. He was way better than what Rico is. Oh yeah, he 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 was. But but when you get down to the goal line, you know. He, I think Rico can do those kinds of things, and you get him in a mismatch. You may not even throw it to him, but you're gonna have to. He's gonna have to take somebody away. Yeah. And I like that. I love that concept. But I started thinking about it like this the other day. Even even if you keep Rico and you put him in the red, if he's a red zone target for you, he's still what your fourth option down there. Like Zeke's still your your best option when you get down in goal. Depends goal what situation. the defense does. If they I, no, if they get, put some that. little Smurf that. cornerback over there, then <laughs> no, I'm I get that. I understand first, that. First, second, and third down. <laughs> I understand that. I'm just saying, no. When you when you think about if we're down in goal to go situations, what are our best options to get in the end zone? I think Zeke is first. I think Dak is probably second. And I think you could probably make the argument that one of the receivers, whichever one, may be a right. better or more consistent option as the third. So at this, at okay. that point. For that number of reps and for that few times in those situations that you would use him, like you were saying, can you even get him into on the 46 where he's actually yeah. available to you to be a red zone? Having it, too many options is not always a bad thing. I get that. So, I get it. I get it. I'm not being sarcastic at all. I lo- like. I love the fact that we just burned a whole segment of this show on the guy that's fourth on the depth chart. But I also saved that till the third segment because I knew we would burn the entire segment I mean, it, on it. It's it's a fascinating conversation. Yeah. I'm you know selfishly I'm a little fatigued by it because I mean this is year three of a very similar conversation. I think the expectations are a little different. I don't think anybody really expected him to blow up in year one, and then year two you had the injury mystery, whatever that was. Um, but it's the same debate of potential versus production to this point. Third year in a row, right, Nick? Would be well, able to keep Nick's over here sweating. He's he's noticing a little report up on the uh, on on the report TV. on <laughs> Earl Thomas from a, from the uh, the star. You're like, what is here. that? What is that? Huh? What? No, no. They said not. they just said that he's he's paid or he's accrued 1.2 million dollars in fines. fines. Yeah, for the holdout. Of course, this isn't about Earl. 
Well, yeah, it is. He could get him into camp and, and play. So yeah, but it's from a standpoint of ultimately, Earl can't make the decision here. This right. is a this is a Seattle Seahawks decision and a Cowboys. I decision. think to wrap this whole thing up, I think the Cowboys, with all the stuff that they've got injury wise at safety, and knowing that they need guys that can come in and play and know this system, I would go in there and and I would if I would go back, I would move it up a little bit to what they where they had. I would move up. Just before we end the show, that was another little interesting note that just came up. Uh, Adrian Peterson is expected to sign with the Washington Redskins, so yeah. Cowboys fans will get to see him twice a year. I think um, uh, I tweeted this before Geist. the show. I like uh, I like Jeff Heath's chances better this time around. Uh-huh. Yeah, I do too. I do too. Wow. All right, we that appreciate is- you guys joining us. We're back tomorrow. I think we're going to stick with the wow. same time tomorrow. We'll be up at 2 p.m., uh, and then later in the week we're going to go move to the morning. So just check the website. Uh, we've got a lot of things going on this week that affect that schedule, but uh, we will have the schedule up for you to see what time we'll be on each day. Till then, for Nick Eatman, Amber Garcia, David Hellman, I'm Derek Eagleton. This has been The Break, live on DallasCowboys.com. This has been a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys?